This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I am your host, Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Hurley. Hey, what is going on, you guys? We're super excited to get into this topic with you today. Uh, We've covered this before a little bit in past episodes, but we wanted to really dive in depth with this. So we are going to be covering worldview, right? What is a worldview? We actually were called out on it a little bit, uh, not in a bad way, (laughs) but there's this this, uh, listener on Instagram, and he's like, hey, I've been listen to all your episodes and you guys said you were going to do a thing on worldview and I can't find it anywhere. And so I went scrolling through all of our episodes and I was like, I can't find it anywhere either. And so we We swore that we did this. Yeah. Yeah. We both thought we've done this before, but I guess we haven't done an extensive thing on it. So uh, today we're going to talk about what is worldview. Mm -hmm. And then over the next few weeks, we're going to get into different worldviews and we're going to assess them uh, based on what we talk about today. But before we do that, as in every episode, if you are a old listener, you know this, but if you're a new listener, uh, we start every episode with a coffee tip, Christ Culture and Coffee. And so today, today's coffee tip is brought to you by Mr. Tyler Hurley. Thank you for that introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so for this coffee tip today, it is very interesting. It's a little, I don't know, it makes sense when you really think about it, but the tip for you guys is to buy coffee beans in small batches small batches yes no okay. meaning don't like get you know go to like costco or sam's club or some big yeah. super like industrial marketplace and buy a bulk bag of coffee beans but dude they have them on sale there it's like you can get 100 pounds for like 99 cents you can <laughs> something crazy like that if that was real i might actually buy yeah it that might be an over exaggeration to a certain degree as long sure. as it's not folgers i would drink <laughs> as much of it you know but the thing is is it is definitely uh, a better way to get your coffee by buying it in smaller batches because the roast is fresher, right? Yes. So imagine this. Say, say you buy like one of those big bags. Yeah, they're huge. You, I've yeah, seen them. It's all roasted at the same time. Yeah. So so you bring it home. It lasts you like, I don't know, like a couple months maybe. Depending oh, man, on, depending on how much you drink. Yeah, yeah depending yeah, on how could. much you drink. I don't know. It depends. But the thing is, is uh, what will end up happening is over time, the the date that those beans were roasted continues to age. So yep. therefore, it is no longer fresh. So you're not getting the best coffee beans for your money if you are buying them in bulk, which is always why we want to buy it in smaller quantities. So that way you can have a fresher roast. Uh, That's the same reason why, uh, if you think about it, why we've recommended in the past that you grind your own beans. You don't buy it Mm pre-ground because it's not as fresh, right? you want it the fresh, if you want it to taste the best, you want it to be as fresh as possible. This is one of the ways to do that. Buy it smaller and don't buy it in bulk. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense, man. Yeah. I like that idea. It's just so tempting sometimes. Like, I mean, buying certain things in bulk is not a big deal, like toilet paper or whatever. But coffee, yeah, there is a shelf life to the freshness. It won't necessarily go bad. No, no. But it it won't won't taste as good. Yeah. Yeah, So if you want a good cup of coffee, the fresher the roast, the better. Right? The closer to the time you're consuming it that they were roasted, the better. That's why if you can find the ones that even have it written on there, like roasted on this date. (laughs) Yeah, they do that a lot. Oh, that's Uh the best. Yeah, because then you know I'm within a few weeks of it being roasted and that's the prime. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Exactly I it. like that coffee tip. And I shop at Costco, so this is helpful. I do too. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into the subject for today. Um, so we're going to talk about worldview. And this is an interesting word because so, 
so many people use it. And honestly, within Christianity, it was kind of a big buzzword for a long time. Worldview. I remember there were like song, like contemporary Christian songs about it. Mm. Um, so let's talk about what it is, and then we're going to get into how we can assess what a good worldview is. So mm -hmm. first of all, when we're talking about defining it, there are kind of two key aspects to a good worldview. The first is that it is a person's perception of reality, and then the second aspect of it is that it's the basis for their decisions. So that's kind of a generalized idea of it. It's how they perceive things to be and the basis for their decisions, yeah. what they believe and how they act in, in regular life. It's yeah. a pretty simple concept. Exactly. It makes total sense. And then um, also what we like to break it down to with as well is that a worldview question deals with three aspects of one's existence. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about too. It's going to be the three aspects are God, which is the concept of ultimate reality because mm -hmm. not all of those worldviews say that there is a God. Yep. That's your perception of reality, your right? Perception. Who's God, Correct. Yeah. Your perception. And then uh, number two is humans, right? Meaning uh, human existence, self-consciousness, where do we come from? What's yeah. our purpose? You know, things like that. Well, actually purpose goes more into the next one. Uh, that is nature, the purpose and existence of the world around me, both physically and spiritually, right? Yeah. So and again, uh, now all of the... Every worldview falls into these ca categories, right? The, but yep. the thing is, it, it's a matter of how they perceive it. Yep. So that's what we're going to focus on it, is what people assume and believe about these questions forms their worldview. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because what people assume and believe about God, humans, and nature mm -hmm. are how they perceive reality and... The basis for their decisions. You yeah, see how that works. Yeah. And so any belief system. Yes, does this. and yeah, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter if you don't believe there's a god. It doesn't matter if you believe Shiva's a god. It doesn't matter if you believe Allah's the god. You have right? a view of what is your deity, the right? ultimate yeah. deity. Yeah, even if it's not a deity, if it's just nature. Right. And so when we come down to assessing it and and trying to figure out which worldview is correct, right? We want to ask which one adequately explains things because they mm -hmm. can't all be right. They could all be wrong, but they can't all be right because they contradict each other. Right, exactly. <clears throat> so which one actually represents reality? Which one explains the universe? Which one explains the human condition? Um, and, and, and that's what we want to look into with this uh, question. Yes. <clears throat> so when we look into it, this is an important concept. I, I, I don't think just for Christians, but I think for everybody. When we look into this issue, we got to keep in mind that we're not pursuing the worldview that suits us. Mm, yeah. We're pursuing the worldview that adequately suits the world. We're looking for the one that's actually out there, not what we prefer. Right, meaning what actually is, what's objective, yes. what, what, is, what is just the truth. Yes. Yeah, and that's, that's what your worldview should be founded around. That is exactly it. That's what we are trying to get to. What is actually out there, not what are my preferences for what I'd like it to be. Yeah, yeah. And this is hard because we all have preferences. And we all have presuppositions that we come course, to the table yeah. with, but we've got to get beyond that to say, no, I'm just going to objectively look at this and I'm going to adhere to what the real one is, no matter what it is. Mm. So a really good, succinct description of a worldview that I like comes from James Sire. He wrote a really great book. Uh, we'll have it in the show notes, The Universe Next Door. Um, it is just a fantastic book on worldview. And then he assesses different worldviews through it. So highly recommend you get it. It's in the fifth edition now. 
now or maybe sixth edition now. It's phenomenal. You've got to yeah. read it. So go to the show notes, click on the link, go buy that book by James Sire. But in The Universe Next Door, James Sire describes a worldview like this. A worldview view is a commitment, a fundamental orientation of the heart that can be expressed as a story or in a set of presuppositions, assumptions which may be true, partially true, or entirely, entirely false, that we hold consciously or subconsciously, consistently or inconsistently about the basic constitutions of reality and that provides the foundation on which we live and move and have our being. Mm -hmm. And so I like when he says uh, fundamental orientations of the heart that we daily assume. And he says consciously sometimes, unconsciously, right? Subconsciously, yeah, yeah. we assume these things. So um, it's fun to think about, Tyler, like what are some things that we uncon or subconsciously assume about the reality of the world uh, in particular about ourselves what are some oh, things okay. you don't even have to think about you just assume are true and you act upon when you go out into the world well let's see um think i think a lot of times i make up uh, perceptions of my nature oftentimes i tend to forget that i struggle with sin on a daily basis and okay. i get into my mindset of thinking hey i'm going to go out and live a perfect life today right yeah like, and you forget I, about the sin issue yeah and it's like you yeah. know like i know that internally that i'm sinning daily and i make mistakes but there's days subconsciously where i think hey i'm doing great you know like yeah. god sees me well in his eyes that's one thing for, at least for me yeah. that i've done and you just go out i i, I think that that's so true yeah um, um, one of the things I think that we all assume is true, but we don't ever think about is that we can think. Mm. We just I think do therefore it. I am, right? Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But we just do it. Every day. I, I, I can't remember a day I got up and I thought, okay. oh, I have the ability to think. I'm just doing it. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? It's something so, that happens subconsciously and it's just occurring. Or yeah. maybe even something physical like uh, you know, like breathing. We don't really think about it. Yeah, it just happens. We just it just happens and yeah. we're assuming these things. We we also assume things like our thoughts can be trusted. Right, there's that. Which is that's a funny thing, right? Yeah. Like, but I think my thoughts are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Um we also believe that there's stuff out there. Yeah, like the course. the material world exists, right? <laughs> like we assume yeah. these things. We assume that we exist. Um, that uh, immaterial things exist, like love. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So when you, when you start to think about, okay, yeah, how do we categorize all this stuff, and what's the big picture for all of this stuff, mm. and how can we explain the big picture of why all these things yeah. are working, and what we believe about what's going on? That is what a worldview is. Mm -hmm. There we go. And that's yep. exactly it. That's the thing. We need to think of it as like something that, uh, that is perceived maybe subconsciously, just like you said. Yeah. That's well, a big factor of and it that's too, what he says though. Well subconsciously, mm -hmm. consciously, consistently, inconsistently, beliefs we have and hold, assumptions we have and hold about the world. Exactly. And well, we, yeah, the next we want to talk about a little bit how this is formed, right? And a, yes. one way that this is formed is through culture. Yeah, that's a big way. That There's an interplay with worldview and culture. They're not the same thing. Right. But they do interplay together. They do. Of course they do. And the thing is, is uh, culture is essentially the social environment that a group of people were raised in, right? Yes. Uh, typically, a group of people will adopt a certain behavioral pattern that become normative for the group. And that's what happens with culture, mm -hmm. right? And you see that in social media, too. You see it uh, in just uh, um, maybe even like your old high school friend group, right? Oh, yeah. You all have your own culture based off of the people you hang around with. It's, yes. it's human nature. And you, right? had, you had a specific culture probably 
probably with your junior high group. Of course. And then you had a specific culture with your high school group, like things you talk about, yeah. things you dress like. And then like, a different culture you... with your family versus yes. uh, like, yeah, uh, just, and that's just how it is. It, it's a, it's human nature yep. to develop these. And then we have like yeah. at large American culture, but you'd have right, to even say within that there's different cultures, right? There's like mm-hmm. the West Coast culture, which I think Arizona is kind of a part of. Right. And then there's like Southern culture, which is very different. Yeah. And like even like, like with or, respect yeah. and with, uh, you know, hospitality, it's very different than West Coast culture, oh, which is sure. like laid back, surfer, relaxed. Yeah. And right, then there's right. like, like New England culture, which mm. in my mind seems like rude <laughs> and mean and loud. Yeah, right. <laughs> but ma- but maybe of, yeah. to them, we seem passive and weak and quiet. That I don't could, know, be, you know? You know, yeah. And it, it all, that's exactly it. And culture <laughs> develops people in that way. It develops yes. you uh, by, uh, by behavioral patterns uh, that are passed on through generations. Uh, yep. They go on, whether it's through uh, your kids or through uh, like just a new generation of people being run up in a school like, or through a country yep. state like it just happens it spreads it's human nature and that's how we develop worldview it's a, one of the ways that it's yeah influenced. well yeah so let's talk about that so how are <laughs> culture and worldview related yes how do how, how do they relate to one another yes because exactly. they're not exactly the same thing. you're correct yeah and so culture and worldview are related in that the visible aspects of a culture are to some extent the reflection of an underlying worldview already Yes. So that's the thing. So, so the culture can already assume a worldview. Like, like example, you brought up the example of like, uh, like your friends back in junior high, maybe. Yeah. Back then, like junior hires do a lot of stupid stuff. It's what happens. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what age you're living at. It's just unilateral yeah, across the board. Junior hires. It's across yeah. the board. Yep. But the thing is, is oftentimes they all share the same foundational worldview mm-hmm. going into it together. And so that worldview influences how they interact with each other and the decisions they make and yep. the culture that's developed in that group. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the distinction there, right? Yeah. It's the distinction that it is not culture and worldview are two separate things. They are cre- a culture is a result of worldview oftentimes or yes. collective. Because culture of- a lot of times becomes the... Um, acting out or the behavior of an assumed worldview. Yeah. That's, that's what it that's becomes. That's a great way of putting and so, it. Yes. So, okay. So let's talk about like in junior high and high school for me, and I don't know about for you, but one of the things that was happening a lot at that age with my friends was um, sex. Sure. And uh, because um, hormones are going crazy, so you've got like a, a, a biological factor Right, you're feeling certain ways. Mm-hmm. You've also got um, uh, influence from pop culture, but that's also a reflection of an assumed worldview. Yeah, it is. But then you've also got education that was teaching everybody that you're just an evolved animal. Yeah, yeah. So, so now you okay? So now that's a worldview that is undergirding uh, a group of of you know pubescent teenagers who are now feeling certain biological things towards one another, watching movies that say it's okay to do that because we're assuming we're just animals anyway. Yeah. So sexual promiscuity is not really a problem in that worldview because it's survival of the fittest. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yeah. Will, but I'm over here with the Christian worldview, mm-hmm. assuming that sex has a purpose, 
like we've talked about for the last few weeks. Yeah. And that it's not okay to sleep around in junior high and high school because you should wait until marriage. And the reason I held those beliefs and I had those action points in my life is because I had a presumed worldview. Yeah, that's right. But they were, they were opposing worldviews that led to different behaviors based on the beliefs. Yeah. And that is culture, right? Yes. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a blend oftentimes of worldviews. It's not like always going to be everybody involved is the same. And in fact, that's no. just not how it is. No, it's Most not. Most of the time, everybody has a different worldview. Well, that's see, that, that's what's is. so hard, Tyler, about when you get to like laws and, you know, passing legislation is because we're dealing down here with the play out of culture. Mm-hmm. When people are wanting these laws passed based on beliefs they hold from their presumed worldviews. Yes. That's the issue. And so it's, it's, it's funny to me sometimes where we squabble down here about what's good for people when the real problem comes down to we don't even believe human beings are the same type of thing as each other. Yeah. So it's like we almost need to take a step back to say, how should we go about making laws for this type of thing that's called a human being? But if we don't even have the same definition of what a human being is... Then that's going to How does that us, work? Yeah. yeah. So it's funny to me sometimes when people think, oh, just through education and through laws, we can get things better. And it's like, well, it depends on which worldview wins out in the laws or which worldview wins out in the education. Yeah, does that really make sense? Does. And if it's a false one, then it's going to be harmful to people because now we are enforcing people to live not in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and so we, we and need that's to think exactly through, that's, and that's why worldview is so important, right? Because mm-hmm. it really does bring a lot with it. And so like even last month or this month, right? Yeah, right. When this, I'm trying to think. It's still June today to me, but when this podcast comes out, it'll be July. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's right. I, was, I had to think for a second too. I'm like, not this yeah. month, but So it now it's be. July to all you listeners you and go. viewers out there. So last month. So last month yeah. <laughs> was Pride Month, June, right? What is this... Uh, cultural phenomenon reflecting what worldview is it reflecting Hmm. you see yeah yeah and that so these are the interesting things that we want to help our listeners to think about is what is my worldview a biblical worldview and then what is being reflected in my culture and what are the assumptions they're making about the world that are that are um, culminating in these movements or in these legislations or in these fads or whatever. Oh yeah, that's and that that's the idea there. So one of the ways you can get to know uh, what your the worldview of your culture is is by listening to common slogans that you hear a lot, um, mm-hmm. because these are reflections of the deeper held beliefs of your culture. And so I think yeah. about there's there's tons of them right in our society or tons that we've seen before right. It's my life. Uh, YOLO, love is love, uh, you can't judge me, who's yeah, to say that yeah, I'm right. wrong, um, what are other ones? Uh, it's okay as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. That's, yeah. a, that's a moral statement, right? Yes, that I can yes. do anything I want to do, nothing's right or wrong, unless I hurt someone because I believe hurting people's right or wrong. Well, mm-hmm. where do they get that idea from, right? So um, how we, what we believe does translate into how we live our lives. And a good way to spot what your culture believes on the worldview level is to listen to the common slogans or justifications for their actions. Yeah. Because that betrays 
what they believe. Yeah. So one of the things that betrays what we believe is mm-hmm. we talk about the image of God a lot. Yeah. That as a human being, we're made in God's image. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal from a biblical worldview, and it informs how we should live our lives. Yeah. And well, that, that's actually it. That's kind of, I like what you said just a second ago as well. Thank on, you. Uh, I yeah, agree, right? <laughs> I agree with you that you like what I said. Yeah, there no, we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like, people... Uh, like, like there's these slogans that you mentioned, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that come out all the time. Like you, you said it yourself, like, uh, you can't judge me. Who's to say what's right is wrong. It's mm. okay. As long as I'm not hurting anyone else, things like that. Yeah. And, and the reason why that that is significant right now today and how that's impacting the culture is because we live in, uh, an informational age, right? It's yes. a culture of information constantly being spread. And uh, this happened a lot through, uh, the technological advancements in social yeah. media and for instant well, messaging. Even, and even then, going back a little, cause for sure, yeah, like absolutely. that blew but it out of the water, further, yeah. but even going back to the Gutenberg press and making books yeah, available to people at, a, at an affordable right. rate. I mean, so f- seriously for the last, uh, what, 500 years, mm-hmm. we have been living in this crazy onslaught of information overload. You're absolutely right. And it just keeps advancing over time with information being accessible. And so uh, the the reason that this is significant and how it impacts the culture is because these messages that we just talked about are being thrown around. They're easily accessed and they're they're in your face. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes... There, all these competing worldviews are clashing with each other because of this constant battle of information. Yeah, that it's it's even driving to a point in today's culture, especially that they demand your allegiance to these ideas. Yeah, they de- it's it, and I say demand because it's true. It's not. Hey, this is optional. We're just sharing this as open information. No, you need to understand it. Mm-hmm. We're going to force you to go through training on this. Yes. And you need to comply. Yeah, that's to- what it is. Tolerating us to have our opinion isn't enough anymore. Yes, Com- exactly. like you said, complying with us and agreeing and accepting our worldview as the truth <laughs> is what's necessary. And, yeah. and and so, what's the worldview behind that? That's the thing. Right? You can always trickle it down by asking those types of questions, right? Yeah. And that's what it is ultimately. But still. How can we sift through all this information to find out what's true, right? That's what we want because there's so much information out there. How, exactly. Who do you believe? How do you believe what's right? How can you even know yeah, what's really so true? Yeah, there's just so much going on. Yep. And so the thing is, is we have to admit though through this process that uh, as men who are attempting to explain our existence, we are, it is just that it is man's attempt and we need to reach to someone outside of our situation mm-hmm. to help us to understand what is actual reality or in other words, the real worldview, right? Yeah. The objective worldview. Well, and so that, and, and this shouldn't be a shock to any of us. Yeah. When you're trying to learn anything, you want a guide or a teacher. Yeah, of course. If, if you're wise, right? You mm-hmm. might just try to figure everything out on your own and fail and fail. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can, if you can be taught from somebody who, who knows what they're talking about, that's all, we'd all agree. That's always better. So, yeah, right. so it's not crazy to think we probably need help in understanding what's really real, but yeah. then the question becomes, who's the best guy? That's, a, that's exactly it. That is the question that it becomes with people's worldview. And so, but from our standpoint, we would say like having the Christian worldview and Christianity would say that if the Bible, right, is God's word, mm-hmm. then that is something that is an outside perspective on reality and what we can be reading to obtain information. Because that's the thing you mentioned earlier, right? We get information from so many areas and one of those is books. Yes. And the Bible is a book where you can get this information. And if it is actually the word of God, then it provides an outside um, perspective on worldview. Well, see, I think that's a really important point, Tyler. Yes. Because if, 
if we're just groping around in the dark trying to figure out from inside this system mm. what the system's doing, yeah, we're not in the best location to figure it out. We can figure out yeah. some things for sure, but it would be much better to have the person who created the system, who's outside of the system, informing us about the system. Yeah, yeah, and that makes total right? sense. It makes a lot of sense, and so... Like that's where you look at Christianity, you look at um, Islam, um, you look at Judaism, um, Buddhism. Yeah. In a little, a little ways, is th- those claim to have somebody who is outside of the system telling us about it, mm-hmm. and that always seems to me to be a better option. Now they all could be lying. Right, yeah. But that concept seems better than just us on the inside yeah. trying to figure it out. You're not just, just making this all up on your own, yeah. Yeah, having help from the outside makes most sense to me. So I would say those are probably the most viable of worldviews. Yeah. Because they claim to have this assistance to what's real mm-hmm. from the outside. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so that's what we need to realize, too. Uh, a Christian. This is something that's interesting. Is A Christian worldview is at its deepest level. A system of truth claims are assertions about reality right yeah and that's the thing it's it's something that we can learn from about the, the objective yeah and that is that's what we're looking for that's what we talked about at the beginning of this it's the focus should be uh, when it comes to figuring out your worldview what is objective what is true and christianity and christianity is not about um make your own truth go to the inside and find peace in your truth yeah christianity makes statements about the outside world saying this is how it is so you have things yeah. like John 14, 6, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That mm-hmm. is a truth statement. That's a truth claim. That is an objective truth claim, an exclusive truth claim. Yeah. That there's no other way to God than through Jesus. So the Christian worldview claims to be objectively true, not if you believe it, it's true for you. It's claiming to be true for all people, whether they believe it or not. Just like gravity, just like the the sun being the center of the solar system, right? Dep- it doesn't matter what you believe. It's objectively true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Christianity really is claiming to be truth with a capital T. The truth. Not just yeah. a, an idea, but there's, Christians say we have what's reality for all people. But to be honest with you, any good worldview is saying the same thing. Even if it's, yeah. rel- even if it's relativism, right? Even if they're saying your truth is true for you, my truth is true for me, they believe that concept is true for everybody. They do. So, so there's, yes. there's everybody, every worldview believes theirs is the correct one. And Christians a lot of times get flack for that, thinking you're so close-minded, you're so exclusive. When people are saying that to you, they, they're, they're pushing on you that yes. their opinion is the or truth. Or their the right worldview is that everybody should be open to everybody being right. Yeah. Even in the relativistic relativistic view, which that in itself is a worldview demanding that everyone lines up with. Yes. In their mindset, that's how it is. And And so so they're basically saying, you're wrong because you don't agree with my view. Yes. Which is the same thing we're saying to them. You're wrong because you don't agree with my view. You are absolutely right. (laughs) And that's the thing that we have to realize. I think people think that that is a negative 
That's why, like in the culture, yeah. especially that's a culture thing. They think it's a negative to say that you disagree with someone and you think they're wrong because they don't agree with your view. Yep. That's like, oh, you're that's a sin in today's culture. That is something that yep. you can't do. But that's not true. That's okay. You just have and it's to be good. civil and respectful about it. That's what I think should happen. Yes. But we can be civil and respectful about these disagreements, but we need to talk about our disagreements. We need to talk about these things yeah. and say, hey, look, like we disagree. We're but the thing is, is like we, we also need to hear what we each have to say and communicate a little about it. Yes. I think that's a part of it, yeah. And if we're truth seekers, if that's what everyone's sure. doing. Because so often, it, I mean, it's really easy to surround yourself with people who already agree with you, so it's just an echo chamber. And, and most people do that, and yeah. it's, it's human nature, yeah. Um, that's even how Facebook's set up, right? Mm -hmm. It reinforces your ideas that you already have. Um, so we shouldn't do that. We should be truth seekers, no matter if you're a Christian or a Buddhist or whatever, like you should be a truth seeker and hear what others have to say and then assess their claims, uh, based on kind of what we're going to go through about the, the worldview questions. And so yes. we, we've talked about what a worldview is, how it impacts culture, how do we assess it? And, and we have, again, this isn't from us. This is from James Sire. Um, in his book, The Universe Next Door, he's developed these seven basic questions that everybody answers. Everybody has to answer these um, and, and understand what they think about them in order to operate in the real world. And so, Tyler, let's go through yeah. what are these seven basic questions? Because, again, this is going to kind of be the template going forward for yes. the next few weeks when we're assessing different worldviews. Yeah, exactly. So the seven basic questions are, what is ultimate reality? Okay, what does that mean? Yeah, like what is uh, like God for us, right? Yeah. We, uh, from the Christian perspective, would believe that God is the ultimate reality. So that's yes. what is the the divine. What is the ultimate of everything? What what is the end? You know, yeah. like what does that mean? What is the ultimate yep. of everything? And so, that's where you get even even into you know more distinctions because sure, Muslims also believe that God is the ultimate reality. That's now true. we're talking about okay, but who is this God? Right, and that's where it brings now down. you're defining things. Yep. So so that's the question: What is ultimate reality? Question number one. Yeah, mm -hmm. and everything will flow from that. Yes, it will. That's exactly right. So then the second one is what is external reality? And already mm -hmm. you can see how that can flow from the first one, right? Well, what does it mean external reality? Yeah. What is everything outside of us? Like what is, what is real? What is basically just what is the really real? What is okay. objective? What is actually out there? Like if I go outside, am I looking, am I in the matrix or am I like sure. looking at, you know, real trees and grass outside? You yeah. Know, so what is nature? What is, what nature? is the universe? What, what is the universe? But, yeah. but, but you're right though. It's not, it's not only that. You're correct. That's not, because yeah. it's also what are spiritual realities? Absolutely. What is, what are emotions? What mm -hmm. are, so, so it's everything that's not ultimate reality. Yeah. Basically, right? That's, that's pretty yeah. much it. Uh, what, at what else falls into the real? Yeah. Yep. Other than the ultimate reality. Um, and then the third is, uh, what is a human being? Right. And that's this a one's, big question. This one, everybody has to answer. Because yeah. Who am is, I? Yeah. Well, you are a human being and yep. you have to have an answer to what you are exactly what that is. Yep. And so what's, um, and that even gets into stuff like purpose and, yeah. and uh, importance and dignity and, I mean, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, am I, am I an image bearer of God mm -hmm. 
or am I an evolved animal? Yeah, yeah. That's a very different belief system, right? And your your actions are going to be different depending on what you believe in that. Yes, of course. Am I an image bearer of God, or am I just part of the oneness of the one of the universe, and I need to get rid of my individuality to absorb back into the one of nothing? Yeah, exactly. You're really going to live differently, man, <laughs> depending yeah. on what you believe about yourself. Yes, and that's exactly it. And so that's that's kind of just getting into this idea again, like how how do you assess your worldview and yep. who am I is a big part of that. Um, then question number four is what happens to a person at death? Okay? That's huge. So yeah, what happens when you die? What, right? Do you have a soul like in Christianity, like soul that goes to heaven or hell, uh, or do you yeah. just rot in the ground? Right. Yep. That's and see, the thing. And, and see, it's crazy because that question depends on, well, what is a human being? Mm -hmm. Am I just an evolved biological machine? Am I just a wet machine Yeah, that has no immaterial aspect? Mm -hmm. Or is there an immaterial supernatural aspects to external reality? Now we're back to question number two. Yeah, that's back to it. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's so crazy how interlinked they are, but yeah, you're right. And then, okay, what I am or where I'm going after I die really depends on what type of thing I am. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So and they're then, all interrelated, but these are huge questions that we have to answer. Exactly. And then the next question to get into is, um, why is it possible to know anything? Right. And this That's is the huge. question that you got to answer. Why is it possible to know objective? Why do you trust your thinking? Number mm -hmm. one, we all assume that we can. Yeah. But why do we think we can trust our thinking. That's a really important question that needs to be answered. Yeah. But then the second question that uh, is baffling is, why do I think that what's going on in my brain correlates with what's actually happening out in external reality? Yeah, exactly. That, that's such a crazy thing. Yeah. So w was my brain made to function with what's out there? Mm -hmm. Or is it just an illusion and I'm tricking myself? Yeah. Are you even here, Tyler? Am I like in a straitjacket <laughs> in some asylum right now and I'm just, this is all in my head. Who knows, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. That's the thing. It, how do you know? How do you know? That's yep. what that question comes to answer. That's a really important one. Mm -hmm. And how do you trust your thoughts and, and what's your reasoning for that? Yes, and again, these all build on each other a bit. So like the following one is also kind of with that. How do we know right and wrong? That's the next mm -hmm. question, right? For question number six, how do we know right and wrong? Yeah, so now morality, right? Yeah, like... Is there a morality? Because some people say there is no right and wrong, which mm -hmm. that's that's your view on what is right and wrong, that there is none. Yep. Or you have a very defined view of what is right and wrong. You're black and white, or maybe you're just, yep. you don't follow a moral code, and you, but then internally you have these weird little things that you're sensitive about. Like that, there's people out there that are like that. So like it's, it's another aspect of your worldview is how do you define or know what is right and wrong? Yeah, well, and what's crazy about it is because it's not even just about uh, like defining intellectual concepts or lists sure. of actions that are bad. Mm -hmm. It's more than that because it's, it's getting at the question, why do you feel guilty when you do certain things? Yeah, yeah. Well, do we have an inner sense of I shouldn't do that? I think we've all experienced that Yeah. where I shouldn't do that. Well, where does that come from? That's a, well, a great question. The Christian worldview says God has created us with a conscience, mm -hmm. and that's what it operates to. It alerts us to morality. Exactly. Um, the atheistic worldview would say that we don't need, there isn't really right or wrong, and we can do whatever we want. So a conscience yeah. in that view would be um, something that needs to be evolved past. 
right? Yeah. I mean, so it, it really be, it is yeah. interesting. So how do we know what's right and wrong? Can we say there's objective right and wrong? Because we've all felt like we've been wronged at certain times. Exactly. That is very true. That, and that's the interesting part of it. So yeah, question number six on morality. How do we know what's right or wrong? Yes, exactly. And then question number seven, this is the final one on the, the world. And this is questions. interesting because this is always such a weird one. It is. Every time yeah. I go through this, I'm like, this is so bizarre, but it makes sense when you think about it. Yes. The question number seven is what is the meaning of human history, right, Robbie? Yes. What is the meaning meaning of human history? Yeah, now this gets down to our collective purpose as a species. Mm-hmm. Is it going in a direction? Is there some trajectory for our existence? Yeah. Or are we just here and nobody cares and there's no purpose, right? Right. And then if yeah. you get down to if there is a purpose, what is that purpose? Exactly, yeah. Where what is the purpose based off of the past, right? Like yep. what, where do we, uh, and it kind of, again, all of these questions kind of like coincide with each other. This sure, is what develops course. the worldview. So it's like, yeah, like, like what is the meaning of human history, right? Like if you think, if you have an answer to all the other worldview questions, yep. that also affects how you're going to answer the meaning of human history. Absolutely. Well, yeah. think about it. So getting back to my junior high analogy about everyone having sex because they were taught they were animals, right? Right. Yeah. So, so you get, you get down to this, if there isn't a God that I can interact with, so now what am I? Am I a spiritual and physical being or am I just a physical being, right? right. And if there isn't this God who cares and morality is whatever I want to make it, then the purpose of human history becomes I make myself as happy as I can right now doing whatever I want to do because when I'm 90 years old, I'm going to die and I just become worm food Yeah, and I don't exist after that. So I might as well live for the moment, do the most I can now because I'm going to die and there's nothing after that. I think Paul said something like that. Eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow (laughs) we die. Didn't he say that? He did say that. That that would be the purpose of humanity in an atheistic worldview. Make the most of what you want to do now because your days are numbered. Exactly. But if there's an eternity of, of Christianity's view, then what we do now counts forever. Yeah, and and yeah. we have eternal purpose. Um, uh, if Christianity is true, then sharing the gospel with people is really important because there is a, a eternal destination to be had after death. Mm. Uh, if 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 Hinduism or Buddhism is true, right, then we're becoming nothing with the nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we're becoming exactly. one with the one of the nothing. Yes, and that's the purpose of you to become less of an individual and to get absorbed into the oneness of Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And it's just, okay, so what we believe about, like you said, the first six questions informs us on what is our purpose collectively. Yes, exactly. So now let's talk about this. Okay, so I know that we've thrown a lot of facts at you guys and a lot of, here's this, you know, one, two, three of this, and yeah, right. seven of these. <laughs> and So you take the seven basic questions because every world you does answer these. They do. They, you have to. These are things people mm-hmm. think about and have to account for. So every worldview has an answer to these. So when you want to evaluate a worldview, we think a good technique is to answer the questions according to what the worldview says, and then you can assess the worldview to see if it is good. Now, in order to do that, there are three things that you need to do to determine if it's a good worldview, if it's false or if it's true, if it's meaningful or if it's meaningless. And these three criteria for evaluating a worldview are really Mm -hmm. helpful. Yes. And now I'm going to start off with the first one of these. uh, We're going to break each of them down for you. But the first one is that a worldview should have 
logic based, right? And a worldview needs to be logical. That's yes. the first characteristic. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'm going to read a quote by uh, Brett Cunningham that says, a system whose propositions manually reinforce each other and all parts function together, it should have no internal contradictions. It should not blur concepts or be disjointed. Component parts should create a big picture. It has to be logical. It has to be logical. Yes. Exactly. Within itself. Mm -hmm. That's all we're saying right now. Within the seven <clears> questions, <throat> do these things actually go together or do they contradict? So, yeah. so like if, uh, let's, yeah, let's if question number one is there is no God that exists, everything's just nature. Right. right? Sure. So ultimate reality is just the natural world. And then question number four, what happens to a human at death? We go to heaven to be with God. Wait a second. You said there is no God. So how do we die and go to heaven to be with God? That's a contradiction. Yeah. So yeah. a worldview like that wouldn't be logical. Yeah. Because course. it's contradicting itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and nobody believes something like that. But right. that's just an example of that's here's how of it, it would, be it like, would yeah. look. Yeah. It has to be logical. Yep. Um. Yeah. An example of a contradiction would be <clears throat> in the belief that knowledge can only believed if it's scientific, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is self-contradictory because this belief can... Be, cannot be proved through science. Yeah, when people say, I believe, well, in Nacho Libre, right? Oh, yeah. He he's, says, like, yeah. I, I, he's like, I, why are you always judging me? Because I only believe in science. I only believe <laughs> in science. Yeah. And it's funny because yeah. um, we've talked about this so many times on the we, show. We but, have, yeah. But science is a good tool for the material world. Yeah. But our thoughts aren't material things. It, it, science is knowledge applied. Yeah. That's what it is. And then knowledge can be obtained from the result, but science is the process of going through that. Yeah, and the problem is, is the methodology of science isn't something you can test based on science. Yeah, exactly. It's a philosophy. So it the is. scientific method is something that is logical, that is thought up in the minds of people, Yeah, and then it's enacted in the real world, and it's not testable, repeatable, all those types of things. Right, yeah. But it's true, but it's not based on science. And so when people say, I only believe things based on science, well, that's not true, because what you just said isn't based on science. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. You see the problem? True. And so that would be a contradiction. It is. Uh, another way to spot contradictions or in, in, in consistencies is when two different answers to the seven question, uh, like the seven question there, yeah. uh, cannot work together, right? Mm -hmm. Such as many atheists in Hollywood who've been pushing the idea of moral relativism, like we've been talking, right? Yeah, that, that there's no morals. You can sleep with whoever you want yeah. because you're just an evolved ape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Uh, but they are now outraged by sexual misconduct mis misconduct things that are happening, right? The Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. uh, that's happening a lot. So so there's yeah. a contradiction there because they're saying, well, look, uh, like they're arguing on one end, everything is relative. There's uh, like moral relativism is a thing. Uh, it's all subjective. Yeah. But you then, can sleep with whoever you want. Free love. Yes. Love is love. Uh, We're no, going to make movies about that's this. That's the other thing. I got to, I got to touch base to that. Yeah. It's also the fact that they uh, Hollywood and celebrity status, uh, like just culture, that culture in general is pushing this open sexuality thing. And that's based on a worldview that they have. It, correct. Yeah. And by pushing that, it's also creating a problem in s further sexual misconduct because it's also like they're opening the door to saying anything can happen as long as you are happy, basically. Like yeah. it's moral relativism, but it's causing problems. So it's contradictory. And then they get outraged when they say that 
it is a problem. Yeah, right? like the Me Too movement blows yeah. my mind. And this is a couple years old now, right? Sure. But there were all these women who were coming out saying that they were sexually abused or or asked for sexual favors in order to get different roles in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Right? And Harvey Weinstein, was that the guy's name? Yeah, yeah. He went to jail, right? Because he came out. Kevin Spacey was sexually abusing all these yeah. people. And so it was like a people in power abusing their authority to get sexual favors from people and then they would give them better positions, money, roles, yeah. whatever. And uh, when it happened, you know, people were outraged about it. And and this is what I thought about it, to be honest. I thought, mm-hmm. I always assumed this is what was happening in Hollywood the whole time. Didn't Because everyone? they make movies about this I'm kind just, of uh, stuff. Look, and look, we're not saying this is right. This is disgusting. Oh, it's not right. It's horrible. But, but the Me but, Too movement... Yeah is from a Christian worldview perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the idea that women should be respected and treated worthy and not be seen as sexual objects and not be pressured into these sexual situations, that's a Christian worldview thing mm-hmm. because of what human beings are yeah. and because of how human beings are supposed to operate sexually. But I don't understand how Hollywood, kind of from a relativistic or atheistic worldview, gets off in being really upset and having the Me Too movement happen. Yeah. Because from their worldview, they don't have a leg to stand on with that. And so it, yeah, you, you ask, yeah. well, which is it, guys? Do you want to say, okay, we live in a real world that God made and his morals are what we should follow because people get really hurt when we don't? Or is it just a free-for-all and then you can't complain about it? Right, yeah. And, and that's the thing. They have to come to terms with that. It's yep. an inconsistency. So I just it, don't think people logical. see that. You're absolutely right. And you right. know why, Tyler? It's because they actually do live in the world God created mm-hmm. with a conscience that God created in them. And so, like, just like Roman says, deep down they know that God exists and it's yeah, true. Yeah. But they suppress it. And so you can suppress it for a time, but then it rears its ugly head because you're the one wronged. And then you yeah. want justice because you have a conscience. And so it's funny to me because you try to point these contradictions out to people, and sometimes they don't get it, but it's because they're living in God's world as a Mm-hmm. image bearer of his but they believe they're living in this fantasy world yes and they it's choose very confusions that's yeah. the thing they they choose to compromise on certain things that they know to be true yeah. in order to defend a worldview and yep. that's what happens a lot and so uh, that's what we're saying it is illogical to have a worldview that way yeah and, so and, and one of the things logical. is yeah one of the ways to assess a worldview is number one it has to be logical yes it has to be logically consistent and coherent right. within yeah. itself the second thing that you can use to assess a worldview, the second criteria, is that it needs to be factual. Yes. Okay? So it needs to be factual. So a, a system that is a good worldview accurately reflects what's real. Yeah. yeah. You can verify it with the stuff that's out there. It, it corresponds to the real world. That is the big idea. And the other thing is, it should be able to handle all of the questions of life, all of the different data, all of the different things we encounter. Yes, of course. A good worldview should be able to take everything into account. So if a worldview does not account for uh, a certain aspect of reality, um, then it's not a good worldview. Yeah, and that's true. So somebody, if it, like, like the beginning of the universe, where did that come from? Well, a good worldview needs to be able to answer that. Um, what is the universe out there? Yeah. Um, what are, you know, what's, what's the problem inside of human beings where we have like good and evil warring within us? 
What, yeah. what is that? Like a good worldview has to take into account all of these things and it has to be factual. So we have to be able to test it with the real world. So you could have a logical yeah. system that works within itself mm -hmm. that's not factual with the real world. Yeah, of course. So, that's and I'm not true. trying to pick on people, but Calvinism is a logical system in theology, mm -hmm. but it's not factual with the real world or with scripture. I, I would agree with that. And I just yeah. pissed a whole bunch of people off. That's what, and that, look, and that's, that's okay. okay. That's, and that's okay. Because okay, you didn't pay for this. This is free. Yeah. It's free. It's free. Uh, <laughs> and, and you don't have to, you don't have to send us a tip or anything. That's but, okay. But does that make sense? And, and, yeah. and again, aside from that, mm -hmm. um, we all believe that about certain things. There are logical systems that aren't factual in the real world. Like a Calvinist would say, my view yeah. Is logical, yeah. but it's not we'll, factual. We'll go with that too. And that's and that's fine. So that, that so, is okay. So yeah. assessing a worldview, you can't just look at it being logically coherent with itself. It needs to be that. Mm -hmm. But secondly, it has to be factual. It has to match up with the real world. And then Tyler, what is the third criteria? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, the third criteria criteria kind of applies with both of these things, right? It has to be livable. Okay. And, and that's the thing. You can't live something out without it being logical and factual. Yeah, and you can't right? live something out if it's not what's really going on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where these coincide with each other. It has to be logical, factual, but it has to be livable. So I'm going to break that down. Uh, a system that is personally satisfying, well-ordered, and able to be expressed, it should be livable. Yep. Right? Uh, an example of this not working would be the Hinduistic belief of Maya, right? Yeah, Maya. So, so basically, um, when it comes to the second of the seven basic questions. The second question is, what is external reality? Yes. What is the universe? And mm -hmm. the Hindus believe that the external universe is, they call it Maya, yeah, they, which they means it's what? It's an illusion. It's all an it's illusion. It's all an illusion. This, this table's not here. Yeah, we are. My body's not here. Exactly. This cup's not here, right? Mm -hmm. so, okay. And you have to get out of that. That's the idea. It's like, you don't yes. want to, yeah. So get they believe the that the physical world is an illusion. Absolutely. So why is this not livable, Tyler? Well, it's not livable because the real world is real. And, and the fact that they are coming up at it from a basis of illusion, you have to ask them, why do you think that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you break that down for them. Like, because the thing is you realize it's inconsistent because for uh, something to be livable, for them to go out and say that they have to get out of it, then what is it for them to be getting out of, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're they're claiming that there is some form of form of reality, yeah. But there's that, that's the thing; it's inconsistent, right? It is inconsistent, but that goes back to being logical, correct? So this is illogical, I think. But how is it not livable? Right, right. How right. can't you believe that the world is an exactly? Illusion? Let me give you an example. That, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it this direction. Yeah. You can't go up to a bank teller and mm -hmm. tell them, "Hey, I want to withdraw." Three hundred thousand dollars. If well, you don't have three hundred thousand, oh yeah. Well, that's the catch. You, you, you could go. if you yeah, had a lot yeah, of money. You like yeah, the hesitation sure. I had sure. there. You're like, what? well, yeah. if you had the money, but that's the thing. There are certain things in reality, like money, mm -hmm. like time, like people that yeah. you interact with. Thing, just things going on in the real world mm -hmm. that happen. As a result, that that you can't just say, look, this is an illusion, right? Yeah. I, like, uh, um. Like it's an illusion that I have, don't have three hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. I, if I think that if I believe hard enough yeah. that my reality is that I have that much money in my bank account, sure, I can go withdraw it. 
And yeah. the teller can't tell me otherwise because it's just an illusion. Just give me the money. Yeah, it doesn't hey, work. You can even go, I could even ask you, say, hey, I want you to give me all your money because I want to take that away from you because it's just an illusion. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And then it I'd say, you don't need to worry about my money either because exactly. it's just an illusion. Yeah. It well, doesn't it, work like it doesn't that. work. So when you get to livable, so if, if you think all of the material universe is an illusion, why do Hindus eat food? Why do they? That's a great question. It's such a crazy idea. You're eating an illusion that's not real, and yet you have to do it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not real, why do you have to? So like, you've got a contradictory lifestyle. That's where it's not livable. So you can say, oh, this is all an illusion because we're at at one with Brahman. Okay, but you eat food, so you're contradicting in your lifestyle what you believe. So it's not livable. Your beliefs don't work in the real world. Uh, you look both ways when you cross the street. Yeah. When you're in Bangkok there because there's all these, all these cars and all these motorcycles passing. And you think that the material world exists at that point. You do, of course. But you yeah. don't believe that it exists. So there's just a contradictory lifestyle. It's yeah, not You're livable. living out your life as though there actually is things mm-hmm. uh, there are things around you that are reality yep. that you have to live out like, like right now like i'm sitting in a chair when i came in this room i went and i bent over to sit down in this chair assuming that this chair is a part of reality yeah not that i would sit sit down and it the chair is an illusion i'm gonna there's maybe there's not a chair there i don't know sure. i could fall down if i sit down but no because i i'm that's a contradiction because you're trusting that there's something real yeah that it's not you know, an illusion you know what's crazy That's to me thing. is so many mm-hmm. hindus and and i don't know if they're all strict hindus and they believe it sure but if you think about it and your wife's a nurse how many surgeons does she work with that are from india who are hindus tons yeah i was gonna say they're literally working in the medical profession with the material world and the body for it to function right and yet in their religion, few, yeah. they believe it's all an illusion, but they don't. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just, it's such mm-hmm. a contradictory lifestyle. So you're a good worldview needs to be logical. It needs mm-hmm. to be factual, but it has got to be livable. And I think that pointing out to people how their worldview is not livable is the best way to help them start thinking about and assessing what's true. Yeah. So exactly. a, a good example of this happening, um, Francis Schaefer gives an example of this, um, a really cool meeting. And, and it basically this is about, um, morality mm-hmm. and exposing how a guy's beliefs about morality aren't something that are livable. Yeah, right. And so Francis Shaver wrote about this. Um, he, he met a, a student at Cambridge University, and there was this uh, student who was a young Hindu man, and he was suggesting that all is one in the universe, which is the Hinduistic belief. So Francis Schaeffer thought, okay, I'm going to step inside his worldview for a second, and we'll give it a test run. So he steps inside the Hindu story, and Francis Schaeffer asked this Hindu man, Am I not correct in saying that on the basis of your system, cruelty and non-cruelty are ultimately equal and that there's no intrinsic difference between them? <coughs> so the man agreed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so this is a belief is that there's no right or wrong. Exactly. Because everything's an illusion, right? So the guy said, yeah, you've got it right. That's what we believe. So once the man admitted this, Francis Schaefer picked up a kettle of boiling water that they were going to make tea with, and he lifted it up above the man's head. 
And he said, there is no distinction between cruelty and non-cruelty. Um, and then Schaefer said, when he did this, the Hindu man walked outside and left. Yeah. Because he doesn't believe that there's no difference between him not having boiling water poured on him for no reason and him having boiling water poured on him for no reason. You see, it's not a livable worldview. Yeah. And so that's where you've got to get into um, Christianity. Now, this is one thing I think is interesting about Christianity is so many people will call us hypocrites. And basically what they're attacking is your worldview isn't what you're living out. Sure. But yeah. the problem with that is they don't understand what we believe. Or maybe yeah. we've misrepresented it. Of course. Because and, and we don't absolutely. think that we're perfect. Right. And we don't think that we actually can be before yeah. Christ resurrects our bodies. Right? Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is we don't match up to the standard and we need Jesus grace. You got to understand. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing with that. You hear, I've heard that a lot myself and it's yeah. a matter of, yeah, like, like oftentimes like our ultimate worldview of what we're supposed to be is not livable. We can't live a perfect life and be like mm -hmm. Jesus, right? Not right now, not but, right now. but it's because Correct. of our worldview that a human being is made in God's image, but it's broken because of exactly. sin. Exactly. So it yes. is a livable worldview. Well, correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't mean worldview. It's a not a livable way to like bad idea. It's not livable. You can't be perfect. We without can't be help. perfect yes. without God taking care of the exactly. sin problem. And that's yes. exactly what I'm talking about. And that's where people don't understand. That's where yeah. you have to look into what it is. You have to come to an understanding of the worldview yep. itself. But that's what they're trying yeah. to do when they say Christians are hypocrites. They're, they're attacking mm -hmm. the livability of it. Yes. They're saying you don't even do what you say you, you should be doing. Um, and so that's where I think it is strong and powerful when we can help people see and understand yeah. that that their their worldview, their assumptions about life aren't livable. Like the atheist who believes that there's right and wrong, but they don't have a reason for believing. They don't have anything undergirding right or wrong, right? Like the yeah, Hindu. Yeah. Um, the Hindus just admit there isn't right or wrong, right? Yeah, And right. so over the next few weeks, we're going to dig into all of this and be able to assess it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we're so excited about it. Um, we're going to be covering each of the seven basic questions further in depth with other worldviews over this series that we're going to be getting in with you guys. And then we're going to do exactly what we just talked about in this episode. We're going to assess whether they are logical, factual, and livable. Yep. So you guys don't want to miss that. Thank you so much for joining us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. And please, if you have any further questions, um, feel free to reach out to us. But like I said, we are going to continue discussing this in a series. Um, so uh, we'll be happy, though, if you have any other questions or needed clarity provided with anything we discuss in this episode, we'll be happy to reach out to you. So thank you so much again for joining us in Christ Culture and Coffee. We will see you guys next week with another episode on Worldview. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our stoneware, Christ Culture and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.